Holly G with the Golf Insiders with Gary Van Sickle from the Morning Read. Well, Gary, there is hope. There is hope alive in the world of golf as the PGA Tour has announced that the Colonial will take place. The Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Country Club June 8th through the 14th. The tour is hopeful but not certain it will be able to complete a season despite nearly missing three months of competition without spectators for right now. Your thoughts? Well, how to make golf even more exciting. No fans. Well, I imagine the atmosphere when a guy makes a long punt and there's just dead silence. You think they'll pump uh, in some uh, fake, oh, fake going, fan applause? Yeah. I think they have to because that's going to be bad TV. Saturday you know, Night Live. Imagine, yeah, imagine an NBA game in an empty arena. Let's say they come back and there's nobody there. It's going to be like being in a high school game where all you hear is the squeaking of the sneakers on the floor as these guys run around and you'll hear some trash talk. They're going to have to have something uh, – you're going to feel like you're at your local gymnasium watching somebody. So I think in golf's case, they'll take a page out of CBS, which pipes in all that bird music at Augusta. Even though I personally, in 38 Masters, have never seen a bird on the course. There's chirping all over the place on TV. CBS pre-records that and pipes that in. They'll they'll do that. With, I think they have to do that with fan noise. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I guess... You, you know, remember, remember when the NFL tried that thing where they had no announcers? That game was silent. They just had graphics. God, this is going to be kind of like that, only with no no background noise. That'd be weird to have, have silence. So I, I think you need to pump in something, don't you? Well, having you know been at many a golf tournament, and you having had a, a junior golfer, now an aspiring tour player, uh, as a as a child, uh, your son, we've all been to events where there haven't been a lot yeah, of there, Yeah, there's fans. no spectators. It's not like a golf tournament. It's, you know, that's the Corn Fairy Tour in a nutshell, the first couple rounds where there's nobody out there. So it's just a, di- it's a different atmosphere. But um, I don't know. I don't know what to think. But, yeah, they rearranged it, but it's still pretty wishful thinking. I mean, you talk about playing golf. In June, despite governors of several states saying we're not going to have any, we're not going to have a governor of California keeps saying we're not going to have NFL games there before September, and the county commissioner says we're not going to have 49er games until Thanksgiving at the earliest. So golf's a little bit different. You don't have people necessarily sitting together, and if you're going to go fanless, you know if they're going to go fanless, maybe they can play some of these start these other sports up. But I don't, you know. How available uh, you're going to have testing? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how workable it is. What if you find out that one guy who plays the Colonial, one player, one caddy, t- tests positive for coronavirus? Well, how many people was he exposed to that week at the course? I I don't know. I don't. You know. I'm still. I think this is still in the hopeful, wishful thinking stage. I don't. I wouldn't say these. Oh, Colonial's definitely going to be played in June. I, I don't think, or July, when did you say June or July? June. I don't think it's, a, you know, I mean, it's what they want to do, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it. I, I just, I just, 
there's too many uh, there's too many moving parts to this whole coronavirus thing and nobody wants to be responsible for killing somebody accidentally through the coronavirus so you know that's another thing there's a legal liability and you know that's going to come up Somebody, something's going to happen and somebody's going to blame somebody else for getting them sick and you just don't want to be in the wrong end of that. And if you're a tournament sponsor, you don't want it to happen at your tournament. Even if it's, you know, especially now, if it's not fans, it could be players or caddies or rules officials or people working in the clubhouse or about the guys who work in the locker room. I mean, I don't know. Everybody's at risk when they, when you show up, but this, this is our world now. Well, and it was interesting. Uh, Seth Waugh, who did an interview with Sirius yesterday, the head of the PGA of America, um, still hopeful that, you know, they've moved the date of the PGA Championship, which is, you know, at an iconic golf course out in the San Francisco Bay Area, Harding Park. That's been rescheduled August 6th through the 9th. But he was saying that, you know, and if you think about it, just to have the bare bones, uh, you know, behind putting on a tournament you know, you're probably looking at a thousand people on the course, right? If you look at, you know, the TV people, the caddies, players, you've got to have, you know, a few uh, people supporting those people on the course. You've got to have some volunteers. You know, it's interesting to think just from that perspective at a basic level. Well, that's right. How about if you're NBC or Golf Channel? There's no way around having people working in the truck in the TV trucks. They have that's where they have the consoles. That's where they have to work. I don't think they can change that. Um, and those are very tight, cramped spaces. Uh, those are tight quarters, and I guess you make sure everybody's tested, and that's and that nobody else goes in there. But you know, we can't quarantine ourselves for life. I think. You know, at some point, everyone's just going to say, this is just worth it. Let's go out there and take our chances. And especially if we get nearer to having some solutions for the virus. But I don't know when that time is. And I, I don't think it's now. I don't think it's going to be June where we're going to be willing to say, I mean, how, how soon, even if the, all restrictions were lifted tomorrow and everything reopened, would you want to go have dinner at, say, an Outback Steakhouse with a bunch of people? I don't think people, uh, you know, people don't, aren't going to be ready to do that. So you can schedule everything you want, but realistically, there's so many. There's you know, who, who even thinks of the t- people in the TV trucks or the the grounds crew or any of those things. There, there's a lot of people at a golf tournament, and even without fans. Um, well, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but. I'm not convinced these tournaments are still going to go off as they're scheduled now. Well, you had an interesting idea before we started today about uh, in your one of your in one of your fantastical dream moments that some of these events could be played at some courses we've never seen before if we don't have fans. Well, let's say you're the U.S. Open and you don't. You don't really feel comfortable being at Wingfoot with all the virus in New York, or the PGA at Harding Park needs to be going somewhere else. If you don't have fans, that's one of the two big obstacles to play in some of these old great courses that we don't ever have majors on. Uh, you could go to Cypress, you know, without fans, 
you can go to Cypress Point, you can go to Pine Valley, you can go to Myopia Hunt Club. You could go to Stream Song or Sand Hills. You could play in Banded Dunes, these places where you wouldn't be able to get crowds or accommodate them and sell tickets. It wouldn't financially work. But if you're just going to go without fans, it's just going to be a TV show. You can go anywhere. Now, a lot of those courses I mentioned, some of those older ones are Pine Valley and Cypress Point, as, as great as they are. They're just way too short for these guys. But you could you take your pick. You could go anywhere. You could, you know, like I said, you you could go to, uh, and you're at a weird time of the year, so maybe you go to Arizona or Florida, or uh, if you're going to move it back to September, October, you can go to someplace that's never had a major. It's an interesting idea. I don't know if that's being considered. And uh, it's hard for me to get fired up about the golf season here. Sitting in Pittsburgh, the sun's out, and I'm looking outside, and there's snow flurries coming down. So, uh, and we're talking about golf. Like, wait a minute, what happened to what happened to spring? I thought we had spring here. But yeah, there's a lot of options there. It's something to think about. I mean, I'm sure everybody's got a couple of courses, their favorite courses or famous courses that they would love to see a major played at. And this is this is a, this is a window of opportunity to maybe pull that off. Uh, I don't think I don't think any, I don't think they will, but it's a cool idea. You could have some fun with that. It, it I think it's a very cool idea. Um, we know your nickname is Mr. Van Cynical. I know sometimes it's tough to get that soft and sensitive side out of you, but did you happen to watch the rewind of? Tiger's round on Sunday. You know, I did not. I watched some of Phil's round when he won, which I thought was interesting. I, I caught some of Tiger's post game action, which I thought was good because was that where he talked about not having a hole in one since he turned since he came on tour? Yeah, he had like he had a nineteen he had, he had nineteen hole in ones, then he made the one in Phoenix that gave him twenty, and he hasn't had one since then. I thought that was a remarkable tidbit that somehow we never thought to ask him. But, these, you know, you think these guys are such, so good they're going to make hole-in-ones all the time. Well, hole in, you know, someone like Fred Couples, uh, he didn't make one until he was like, what, 30 or 32? If you hit it high and soft and it just stops where it lands, it's pretty hard to make a hole-in-one. You're much better off playing like you and I do, hitting the lower shots that hit and run out like a putt and you hit the pin and might drop it when you got to drop it in the hole and the way Tiger plays. Yeah. You could see where you, you might not make that many hole in ones, but still guy has 20 and then he goes 20 years without one. That's yeah, that is unusual. So I, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed Tiger's post game talk. I didn't really, uh, I, you know, I'm trying to think back. I guess I did watch some of the end. It's tough when you already know what's going to happen, but, I was looking. I did record the 2012 Masters, which had uh, that's when Schwartzel birdied the last four holes, and there was 10 or 12 guys there who had a chance to win. And I wanted to watch that again, just to try to get an idea. It's like a three-ring circus, just to try to remember what was going on because it all happened so fast. You didn't even know what hit you that year. It's true. So I did record. I, yeah, I did record that, but I haven't watched it yet. So I, I was looking forward to that one because I wanted to see what I missed. Well, I thought CBS did a, just a really great job uh, having Tiger Live with Jim Nance. Yeah. Um, 
some of you know it was it was really terrific to you know hear his perspective looking... well I, I wish they would have been talking over the replay you know a little bit and you know muting the maybe muting the original telecast and I was, yeah, I thought that was a great idea, but I think they could have done it even more. Wouldn't you like to have heard Tiger talking the whole time when they're showing shots and stuff? I think that would have really been good. Well, and it was really um, something to see Tiger, you know, um, at the end. He, he, in seeing that replay with his kids, um, you know, was so sweet to listen to him talk about his kids, you know, prior to this point before, you know, winning at the, tour championship and then of course you know winning his fifth green jacket that he used to joke that his kids you know just thought he was a youtube golfer and you really got a sense of tiger you know as a dad you know as he watched his embrace with charlie and watched his embrace with his daughter um, he really got for tiger choked up which was really really good television it was. It was great to see him evolve into a decent human being, um, because he had a. You know, when you grow up in a under, you know, in a glass behind the glass for everyone looking at you, he had an unusual life. He was kind of raised to be a celebrity, and when you're the most famous man on earth for fifteen, twenty years, of course, it's going to affect you in the way you treat other people. And he didn't really. He wasn't really taught to respect other people and be, you know, and worry about what they might want. And that showed for a long time early in his career. He, I don't think anybody would tell you, would tell you, oh, what a great guy. He didn't, or nobody on tour were saying that. But that's totally changed, I think, since he became a fa father. And he's totally changed, I think, for the better. And, you know, it's good for him, good for everybody else. And, I'm sure he'd like to go back and maybe redo the first 20 years of his career now that he knows what, what life and golf is all about. But, you know, he, he played golf with his head down. Golf was everything to him, and that's what got him 14 majors. So in this second stage of his life, he uh, in the second act, he's got a major, and his kids are happy. He's happy to be with his kids. It, it really has worked out well. It, was cool. it is cool to see somebody evolve and – I'm not sure what I'm looking for, but well, as, he, as seem, a, he seems like somebody you'd like to hang out with now, as opposed to 15 years ago. I don't think you would have said that. That that guy that would stare you down in the yeah. press room, Gary, and give you a four-word answer and dismiss you. Yeah. Yeah, he he's he's his per, he his personality. He's loosened up. He's let people in behind the screen. He's showing his personality and. Uh, and he find he found out, you know, being a father made him made him grow up and, and be more mature and, and realize that there are other people in the world besides himself. Golf is a selfish game. I know you and I have talked about that any many times, and it's necessarily the case. And some guys it goes to their head, and they never outgrow that. And you know, they're always full of themselves. And Tiger outgrew it. You know, I I, I don't think you can underestimate how difficult that is to do for a guy in that position. So I think we ought to. Really, uh, you know, give him a big tip of the cap for being the guy he is now compared to where, where he came from. I have a, it was a pretty big achievement. And I think the other moment in that Masters was watching all of the players in the 
various past Masters champions in their green jackets awaiting Tiger as he came off the 18th green. You know, that's, uh, that was quite something to watch the, watch the players acknowledge Tiger back for all that, they, that he has, had done for them and to also just be part of that moment in history. Well, how about Bernhard Langer in his, in his green jacket there? I mean, what does what does he have in common with Tiger? Not a whole lot, but there he was, had his green jacket on, and he was he hung around to shake his hand and congratulate him. So, you know, uh, I mean, everybody knows he's uh, one of the nicest guys there is, class guy, and that was that was just proof he didn't have to do that. And all those guys that, uh, you know, I mean, you can also go by who's not there, but. Um, you know, Delphine says you got to hang around to watch the winner win, but these guys wanted to see history. They, they, they were watching in the clubhouse. It's like, why wouldn't you go out there and say hi? If you're, especially if you've been on a President's Cup team or a Ryder Cup with Tiger, go out and shake his hand. You just saw history. You know, what a moment to be a part of it. It's good to see a little of that kind of, it kind of reminds me of European tour camaraderie that those guys have that we see in the Ryder Cup, and they treat themselves that way all during the year. I used to see the Americans kind of show some of that, I hate to call it team spirit, but whatever you want to call it, let's go out and congratulate Tiger. And, you know, I, I think that's good for everybody. I think it was a feel-good moment, that's for sure. And if I, it, it was that was probably worth the, worth the whole telecast to see the finish. Couldn't agree more. And as Jim Nance... So uh, eloquently put it, return to glory. It was uh, quite quite a day. Yeah, he could uh, he could back off that need to have the catchphrase at the end of these things, but uh, I'm not gonna. You know, I don't have anything better. I I'm good at thinking up ones that are totally inappropriate and stupid, as opposed to thinking up something good. But you know, why do you have to? Why do you have to title it? You know, it's like the newscast. Every time there's a storm, uh, there's got to be a title for it. Or every time there's a news outbreak, they have to have a title. And, and uh, I don't think we have to do that. But, you know, Jim, I have no complaints with Jim Nance. He, he does a good job. And he, he, you know, he's not a phony. That's the way he is all the time. He's a, kind of a sentimental guy. He is. So I'm, I'm going to give him that. I'm not going give, to give him grief about that. But I, I could do without the... You know, he has to have the, the call set up in advance like that. He, they don't always work. They're a little corny. But, you know, that he's being him. So uh, Jim Nance is being Jim Nance. So I guess all you can do is say, hello, friends, and move on. And that's why we call you Gary Van Cynical. Would only expect such an honest comment from you, my friend. Well... Yeah, you just got to tell it like it is, and if you don't agree, that's okay. That's just tell it like it is. Just tell it the way you see it. So that's, but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel we have to uh, put a name tag on everything. I, I'm, I'm okay going without it. Not every story has to have a kicker at the end. The kicker is what we call the last line of a story. That's kind of a like a punchline or refers back to something. Sometimes you're better off just letting the story stop, and that's the ending. You don't have to force a force a last line in there, and sometimes it's forced. So that's all I'm saying. Well, you've heard it from one of the best 
journalist in our business, Gary Van Sickle with the Morning Read, longtime golf columnist for Sports Illustrated. This man knows his game of golf as well as the game of journalism, and we always appreciate your time. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, I think your wife has a long list for you. You better head to Home Depot. I think I'm just going to get out of the house and leave my phone here so I can't be reached. That's my plan. All right. You stay healthy. Stay safe up there. Thank you, Holly. All right. Cheers.